You're listening to the Supertalk podcast, produced by the Australian Institute of Superannuation Trustees, shaping profit to member super. Hello and welcome to Supertalk. Uh, AIST's Superannuation Investment Conference, ASI, takes place this week. Geopolitics is always uh, an important feature of the ASI program. And fresh from his session on geopolitics, we have Luis Organis with us, uh, Head of Currencies, Commodities and Emerging Markets Research at JP Morgan. Luis, welcome. Thank you so much. How did you, to be here. How did you find your session? It was very interesting, very interesting to be uh, doing this from London. You know, the, it's the sign of the times, I guess, you know, the, that we can all de- do virtual things that uh, it will be difficult otherwise. <laughs> it is a little tricky, but we're very appreciative of having you on today. So it's a seemingly chaotic geopolitical landscape at the moment. What are some of the key things uh, that you're focusing on? Well, certainly, you know, we, we have been discussing for, for quite some time the the significance for the world of the emergence of uh, China as another, you know, superpower and the fo- conflict that this is generating with the U.S. And right now we find ourselves that, uh, you know, the U.S.-China tensions have been flaring and intensifying the last couple of years and COVID is probably going to intensify it further. And uh, we have to link this with uh, the discussion of the U.S. election. So there's a lot to watch in the next couple of months on U.S.-China and uh, to see how it links uh, with uh, the U.S. election outcome. Uh, on China trade, will things get to breaking point? Or, or do you think this is something that we're kind of going to be dealing with for decades and decades to come? No, I think I think uh, we're going to be dealing it for 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 quite a long time. And this is so. Uh, this is a situation where you know China used to have a growth model that was actually uh, based on exporting to the rest of the world. And what has happened in the past 10 years since the global financial crisis is that uh, it has been relying a lot more on domestic-led uh, growth. This means that uh, China now it is actually competing with the U.S. as to, as a second independent source of global growth. And this is going to obviously mean a realignment uh, of, uh, of trade links, uh, not only between China and the U.S., but China and the rest of uh, the world including Australia. Uh, and uh, so I think that countries have a lot uh, a lot to, uh, to watch on this front. So just thinking about some particular assets, which investment assets are most impacted by the China trade tensions and which assets are sort of seeing a lift? Is there any opportunities coming from the current situation? What is interesting is that uh, that the coupling between U.S. and China is not a uniform phenomenon. Uh, so you can speak about uh, you know something that is closest to I, I wouldn't even say full decoupling, but a very uh, deep uh, decoupling is going to be on the tech front, right? I mean everything related to tech, particularly uh, uh, these foundational technologies that have dual use that can be used for military purposes, et cetera, is being framed as a security threat by the U.S. And you're seeing now the U.S. and China really decoupling on the tech side. And that is probably going to continue. And to be honest, I don't think there's going to be much reversal on this new trend, uh, even if there's regime change in the U.S. However, uh, when we go to uh, uh, the other extreme, finance, we're actually still seeing integration between the U.S. and China. 
China is trying to get more foreigners, including American investors, to invest in their local bond and equity markets. They are making it more uh, easier for uh, foreign uh, financial companies, banks, insurance, asset managers uh, to come onshore. There's probably a lot more uh, that will happen in the coming uh, years. It seems like you know the 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 bilateral relationship is moving in in different tracks, and of course in the middle is just goods trades, and that is going to be very transactional. So in some sectors there's going to be a lot more trade, in some others less so. So the extremes are really uh, tech on one side and finance in the other. You kind of mentioned, and just turning a bit more to the U.S. China stuff, you you also mentioned during the session uh, that the U.S. China trade tensions is not just a trade war, but perhaps also a war for ideology and institutional arrangements. Can you speak to that a little bit? So, you know, a lot of people talk, referred or compare the U.S.-China dynamics to the to the Cold War, right? And the Cold War, uh, you know, between the U.S. and the Soviet Union, you know, uh, in the aftermath of uh, World War II, you know, was a different... Uh, um, animal altogether to the extent that the the Soviet Union or the Soviet bloc wasn't really producing that many goods that the West was interested in buying. (laughs) That's the reality, right? So a lot of the, so of course there was a call, it was easy to have a cold war from that perspective in the sense of, you know, it was easy to not have much economic engagement. And a lot of the, the tensions were actually ideological and of course political. This time around, China and the rest of the world is extremely integrated economically. So you cannot replicate this, this decoupling. The decoupling, again, you know, is going to happen in tech, but you know, it cannot happen in the rest uh, uh, easily or without pain. So there's going to be a lot more engagement. So it's hard to talk about uh, uh, um, uh, a core like that. But, we're, but interesting enough, though, there will be, there is already competition on ideology. And I think that the Chinese authorities, the Chinese government, you know, they do believe that their institutional arrangement, their governance structure, as much as, you know, from the West, you know, we, 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 we criticize it because, you know, it is going against you know, the liberal values that uh, we all have been, you know, raised up to believe is the, 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 the right model. Well, they are they are delivering higher growth. You know, they are delivering, you know, post-COVID, you know, much more effective policies and and, and recovery. Uh, so I think that uh, what we're going to be seeing in the years ahead is uh, is uh, the the tensions also or the fight is also going to be more in or the competition in ideology and uh, and in uh, institutional arrangements. You know, and uh, and China trying to influence countries to follow their model and trying to say, you know what especially in a post-COVID world, to be effective, you know, you have to follow what we're doing, right? Con- controlling a lot of the levers uh, uh, of the economy, of society, rather than follow this, you know, very open, extremely democratic, but ineffective or, or bureaucratic uh, uh, alternative that is uh, obviously plaguing the West right now. And speaking of ideologies, we, of course, do have the U.S. election right around the corner, do you foresee any outcome there where we see the trade tensions seeing any relief as a result of either outcome at the election? Or is it maybe a little too simple to think that uh, a change in person at the White House is going to have an impact on China trade relations globally? 
I think that there will be a, a, a difference, uh, but the difference is going to be more on emphasis rather than. Uh, so it's not all of a sudden U.S. and China is going to are going to become best friends, uh, uh, and uh, all, all the animosity is going to disappear if there was a regime change if uh, basically vice president um, biden uh, wins i would say that the tensions particularly uh, those related to um, a, a trade and technology and uh, intellectual property are quite bipartisan so uh, the animosity against china in washington you know is not a, a partisan issue it is quite bipartisan which means that you know if the democrats win uh, you know probably not much will change what will change is the way of you know trying to influence china to change uh, its uh, behavior quote unquote or its ways of doing business or engaging with the world and probably a biden administration rather than focusing on on or, or using tariffs as a, as the primary tool of uh, of trying to bend uh, twist the arm of the of the chinese authorities you know will probably put more emphasis on things like uh, human rights you know environment uh, so uh, and certainly you know still the the tech and intellectual property uh, uh, protection will still be there you know uh, as, as a priority so what what could change though is the emphasis probably we would not see tariffs as being the prim, the primary tool uh, to be used by a by a potential Biden administration, uh, and uh, which I guess we could already, from a pure market perspective, could see it as good news because certainly the risk of additional tariffs uh, was something that was uh, generated quite a bit of market volatility over the past couple of years, right? So, so hopefully, uh, uh, and uh, the other change could be also a more, let's say, coordinated approach with other U.S. allies, you know, including, of course, Australia, but in the European Union, Japan, Korea, uh, you know, which hopefully can be more effective in, 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 in affecting at least change of, of, of behavior or, or from, from, the, from the part of the Chinese. But, you know, obviously all that remains to be seen. That's all for this edition of the Super Talk podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. And of course, thank you very much to Luis Organes for making a little bit of time for us today and to the rest of the team at JP Organ. You can find that session from ASI on the AIST website, aist.asn.au. It was a fantastic session, a really good panel session on geopolitics. Uh, They're always riveting and we are, of course, at an incredibly complex point in our history. And it indeed will be pretty interesting to see what happens come November uh, in regards to the US and the uh, further geopolitical flow-ons from there. That's all for now. Until next time, bye for now.